Welcome to Dad Static, episode 41. Today we have uh, Lauren Davis, who has an amazing story um, fighting back as a parent and entrepreneur and a wife standing up in her community in Dallas, Texas to fight the tyranny that's going on from the government there. Um, she's causing a little bit of a stir. She actually won the Republican primary, as you'll hear about in a minute, and she'll be facing up uh, or facing against uh, a gentleman by the name of Clay Jenkins, who has been a fascist tyrant about masking children and everything against that goes against freedom and liberty in Dallas. And um, so he gets a lot of money from federal funding and big donors from big uh, pharma to stand up and do this and continue to push masks and continue to push vaccines for small children. He keeps doing it. And a pretty good indicator to tell you why is he's doing it and maybe they know they're in for a fight down there a little bit because people are standing up to this tyranny. Uh, Nancy Pelosi was down there just last week in Dallas and Clay Jenkins sat down with her and others um, discussing that they need more money for COVID testing and preparing for another wave. They need more billions of dollars, millions and billions of more money of your taxpayer money. So uh, maybe they know they're up for a fight with Miss Lauren Davis. I sure hope they do, because she stands up for what most Americans believe in, and that's freedom and liberty, and for goodness sakes, leave our kids alone. And this guy, in these leftist mentalities, they're not going to leave our kids alone. Wait till you hear her story, and you're going to be you're going to be amazed, and you're going to be angry, and you're going to feel so much passion to help this this young lady out and her family in their push to fight tyranny and to bring medical freedom back to where it's supposed to be. God bless, and this is Ms. Lauren Davis. Hello. Hi, how's it going? Hey, Lauren, how are you doing today, ma'am? Very good. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on here. Um, uh, to Dad Static, Dad Static, uh, for the listeners that I have, is uh, just uh, a dad who is just um, kind of fed up with everything that's going on in our country today and um, trying to cause some static because uh, it seems like not too many people are standing up, certainly in the political realm or the media or anything, for what family values are and standing up for, I think, what most people in our country want to stand up for. And um, you are certainly doing that, Lauren. Um, uh, you are out in Texas. Uh, you are a mom. Uh, your parents just like I am. And you have kids. You have real-life experiences, certainly over this pandemic these last uh, few years. And um, you are, uh, I just want to actually, I'll give you the opportunity to introduce yourself and tell us what you're doing out in Texas. And I know you're an entrepreneur and a philanthrop- philanthropist as well, but uh, tell us a little about what you're doing and how you're taking on the establishment and, uh, and how it's going so far. Yes. Yeah. I'm here in Dallas, Texas, and I'm a mother of three. And um, like a lot of people over the last, you know, couple of years through COVID, had some life-changing moments where um, small business owners, my husband and I are entrepreneurs, started a barbershop chain called The Gents Place um, when we were 25 in 2008, when the whole world was collapsing then. Right. Um, and it lo- looks like we have a trend of just making life-changing decisions in you know, times of absolute chaos in our country. So we got our SBA loan uh, right before Lehman Brothers collapsed, and our banker called us and said, hurry up and start spending on it. We're going to take it back. So Wow. That was our entry into entrepreneurship. And so to to get through all of that um, and fight our way through the entrepreneurial journey, um, it's, you know, got its roller coasters for 13 years and have the government come in and say, sorry, we're going to shut your American dream down. 
mm-hmm. was just a um, an unsettling. I I've yet to find the words to describe it because it was a mix of anger, panic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there you can feel helpless at times, but this time I felt a helplessness like I'd never experienced in that moment. You know, we're victors, not victims in our households. And that just really put that to test, that mindset to test. Um, right. uh, in our Frisco location, it was our first location that came and said, we're going to, you know, you need to shut down or we're taking your business license. I mean, we still yeah. had gentlemen at the shampoo bowl. So, wow. yeah. So we That's a, you know, it's, it is amazing too. When we pay, I'm, I'm in Georgia and you think about Texas, you go, this is Texas now. What, 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 how is this going on in Dallas, Texas, or you said Frisco? Frisco, how far is that? For is that just a suburb? Frisco is like twenty. Yeah, it's a suburb. It's like twenty minutes away. But you would think like really conservative. And um, yes, yes, oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Me and from Georgia, we think, oh yeah, that's Texas has got it. That that and Florida would be your number one two punches right there. You would think. Yeah, nine one one. We are in trouble. I will say that. Right. It is crazy stuff is is happening in Texas. Um, and there's a lot of people talking. If Texas goes, the country grow, goes. I mean, Nancy right. Pelosi was here talking to our Dallas County um, judge, which is CEO of Dallas County, right? And we'll get right. into that in a little bit. But Nancy Pelosi down here on our most local form of government, we are in trouble. So um, yeah, let this be a let be a nine one one call to the to the rest of the country and there in Atlanta. Um, so right. we had that. We had that happen, and then you fast forward two years, and we started this school year off. My kids, I have three go to the, or used to go to, we'll get to that, Dallas ISD, um, the public school system here, and our superintendent, which Dallas ISD is one of the largest school districts, is nearly 150,000 kids in this district. Wow. And um, the superintendent decided to defy the governor at the beginning of this school year. Our governor Abbott had put a ban on mask mandates um, in the school and the school systems and the ISDs. And the superintendent two days before said, nope, I'm mandating masks. And so that brought our family to a line in the sand. And we knew that day was coming. Um, we had been prepping for this in a way, like talking to our kids about um, the world is changing. I was having them watch World War II documentaries. They were seeing the parallels. And I just said, guys, I'm, I'm feeling our day come. And, and who are we going to be? Who are we as the Davis family? You know, if we were living back in World War II times, if a Jewish family came knocking on our door for refuge, what would we do? Would we turn them in or would we take them in, even if it meant our life? And we all decided we would take them in. Absolutely. And, and so in those conversations, Aaron. All right, I got got you back. I'm so sorry I dropped you there. But uh, you were uh, talking about you really showing your kids about history, about uh, World War II documentaries and having a lot of discussions about that with them and kind of where that's leading, kind of where we were when we kind of got disconnected for a second. Okay, perfect. Yes. Yeah, we were we were really preparing as a family. And what we didn't realize um, is that our line would come so soon. So when the Right. You know, Superintendent right. Hinojosa here in Dallas ISD defied the governor's orders. You know, we were brought to that line. And so we said, these are our parental rights. We're going to take a stand. Um, our kids felt very convicted about it. They did not want to wear the mask. They certainly didn't want to be forced to wear it all day long. Right. And, you know, they had medical conditions. Both uh, two out of three of my kids have really severe medical conditions. And we didn't think it was best. My um, middle son has survived three open heart surgeries. Wow. And, um my daughter 
has had uh, multiple eye surgeries for her eyes, you know, eye mus- muscle issue, being her eyes being crooked. And there was mm. a time in her life where she didn't want to look at herself in the mirror. So to oh. cover up half of her face just didn't feel like one of our available options for right. eight hours a day, every day. And we, we have a, a motto of no fear in this, in this household and those masks and these mandates and things were just instilling fear in kids. And we certainly saw that. So Right. So that first day of school, they were the only two out of 604 who went to school with no masks. Wow. wow. That's two out of 600. I mean, surely, obviously, you know, you'll get to a little bit more about you uh, running um, for a position uh, just a Dallas um, uh, judge. But how in only two out of 604, what were these other parents? There had to be tons of other parents that certainly believe how you guys, we believe. But they just didn't, they were just scared. They just didn't want to stand up. Is that just, it was just a fear factor? Is that what it was? I think, I think it's a mix of things. And I, you know, some parents said, you know, like quiet whispers, like, oh, we wish we could do what you were doing. And I'm Ugh. saying, we're, we're not doing anything. We're exercising our rights and you should too. Yep. But what happened is the government came in and it got our kids and parents yep. do not want to quote, put their kids through unnecessary anything. Right. Right. But we don't live in a time where that's the case. They came after our kids. And so unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to look at it, our kids are going to have to be part of the stand. We cannot shield them from this. And it felt repulsive to us to say, oh, kids, you know, we don't agree with this, but just do it anyways. I think you're instilling fear and victimhood Mm. and this like mindless compliance that is dangerous for our kids to learn. And so that's, that's what happened. And so for a variety of reasons, people didn't stand, but we did. And, and the short of that story, which is horrific, is that the, the school went and took my 11-year-old daughter, put her behind a, a, a line of cones in the gym in PE class, made her sit on one side while all the other kids played freely on the other and came up and harassed her. Oh. Teachers did nothing. Unreal. Unreal. Then, yeah, it's unreal. And then they took both of my kids removed them from their education, withheld all of their classes, art, music, PE, wouldn't even let them in the cafeteria where all the other kids are unmasked. So they got stuck (laughs) in the library. And when that didn't break my kids' will or our family, because it became very clear that their intention was to break our spirit and our will. And they constantly said, just comply, just comply. They went and took a corner of the library and built a floor to ceiling plexiglass box cage prison cell, whatever you want to call it, um, and caged them off in the library. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, to the point where they couldn't read. Fire department was called out. They came inside of the school. It was ridiculous. We had a fifth-grade boy walk up to my daughter and tell her she deserved to die. And the community became unhinged. People lost their minds. We have. I don't understand. How can – there's got to be some teachers with common sense and some teachers that you probably know personally – they just scared for their jobs. They can't speak up. They can't say this is insanity. I mean, is that the case with some of these folks? One teacher, one whispered and, you know, kind of called me one day in a whisper and just said, good for you. But that's it. These people are, you know, the teachers were put in, in a terrible position. And, and we told our kids that and our kids went through this with respect and they never gave back any of the hate that mm. we, we received. We as a family never, you know, responded in hate right? because that's what they want us to do. They wanted to paint sure. us as literally 
we have parents on email through information requests that we did to the district calling us attempted murderers and terrorists. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it, it is. And this is in Texas. This is in Texas. So I, you know, did I ever want to be public with the story? Did I ever want our lives turned upside down? No, but that's the right. times we are in. It is unavoidable. It's in Texas. It's in Dallas, Texas. And, and so that led me to further take a stand. So we were going down to the school board meetings. We were getting no responses, no help. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to continue to fight for my children, for my family and right. to fight for our county. And the person who enabled all of these districts and all of this lawlessness in Dallas is our county judge. And um, he became famous by putting at the beginning of the pandemic, a salon owner, Shelly Luther, in jail for opening her salon um, during that time. And so he was kind of like some of these um, other governors and different people throughout the country just becoming, you know, being on TV every day and just becoming right. famous for being a tyrant. Okay. Yeah. This is Clay Jenkins, right? This is his name. Clay yes. Jenkins. Yeah, I looked Clay him Jenkins. up when I when I when I caught you on the conservative review last week, I looked him up to see his website. And I don't know, no, no ill will to him personally, but uh the um the arrogance. I think that's what struck me is the arrogance of some of the stuff that was said. It said, don't, it, there was a quote in there from an article that said, don't trust them, trust me in the science. That's what he yes. said. There's a level of arrogance. His webpage says he has faith in science. Yep. It's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So yep. he, he, you know, he's up for reelection. And I said, you know what? Um, I'm going to put my name in the, in the hat for this. Um, right. the, my primary opponent was a Dallas ISD school board trustee um, who had done nothing for her family, who was the trustee over my children's school. And I said, this is all we've got in Dallas to hold yeah. the line on our God-given rights. You've got to be kidding me. Right. And so I took it as a call that somebody had to do something. I was already in the crosshairs. We were already having letters sent to our businesses calling us all kinds of names, the machine after us, even before putting my name in the hat as judge. And I said, this is what happens to an everyday mom in Dallas, Texas, then we are in more trouble than any of us thought. And so I'm going to have to do something about it. So God is so good and so amazing. And right. through our, through our business, acumen and experience as entrepreneurs, my husband and our whole fa family rallied around this idea of me being Dallas County judge, which is right. not judicial. It is a CEO of the county. It Got administers it. Um, budgets for 2.7 million people. Over 30 cities are encompassed in this. It's the highest ranking position under the governor when it comes to administering government to people. Right. And um, he's got emergency powers under this judge position, which is is given by the governor. But he decided wow. to defy the governor. It never should be like that. He misused, manipulated that power in the grossest way. And so I said, I want the head of the snake. I mm. want to take the head of this tyranny. He's ruining our businesses. He's ruining our schools. He's absolutely dividing our communities. Probably one of the most divisive people um, around. Wow. Wow. Nancy Pelosi was in town last week. I mean, he is divisive. And so well, that, that, that's that's uh, that tells you just how important they think that is to have, because he sounds like 
the level of his, you know, being a tyrant that he is and manipulation and all this kind of stuff. The fear is sounds like he's just like governor of California, governor of New York, just like him. Same. Now, evidently, I would be be hard for me to imagine that they're not connected in some way. That whole mentality or whatever it is. I don't even know. Are Are they getting paid or is it just a power play that goes with it? Are they being paid to keep the kids in masks? You kind of think that they would, they are in some yeah. way. I think I think they are. You know, time time will tell. Doing audits right. on things will tell. But he he is taking marching orders from this um, national yep. tyrannical narrative. Wherever it is, wherever it's coming from, there's a lot of people who think all different things about where it's coming from. Right. But most importantly, it's here in Dallas County, and and. Right. We've caught wind of it. And so I said, I'm going to do something about it. I'm an everyday American. They, the system wants to keep us out of our local government. They want to make you believe that you have to know everything about the position before you get there. But that doesn't apply to anywhere else in life. But somehow we've allowed people to convince us it applies to government. And that's ridiculous. Our founding fathers were farmers. Government was designed for the everyday person working class person to step up and get in there and, and run our government. It's meant to be neighbor serving neighbor. So I took that to heart and we mobilized and ran the most amazing primary (laughs) race ever. So I'll tell you the timeline. December 13th was the filing date. That's when I went in and put my application in. We got our website up mid January early voting started February 14th, Valentine's Day. (laughs) Election day was March 1st. We went in and worked hard, mobilized, innovated, um, used everything, every ounce of knowledge we've gained through our entrepreneurial journey and came out against all odds, against all, you know, typical political systems here in Dallas County and won by 68.4%. We did a two to one victory against all odds. Against an establishment Republican who had the backing of the school board and all this other stuff. That just shows you real quick what people want. People want and kind of tell me, I know a pretty good idea where you stand, but let people know what you kind of ran on. I know, I know I'd heard yes. something about, you know, it wasn't all about bullet points, like boom, boom, boom. It was more or less, Hey, the things that you ran on um, were what most people care about, but most established Republicans don't even talk about it. Tell us about that. Right. Yes. I'm a, you know, constitutional conservative. I believe our government is meant to serve the people and be the voice of the people. And, um, and so we ran on medical freedom, parental rights, and, um, and when I was out there on, on the campaign trail, right, I'm new at this, and we came to the conclusion that this isn't a red wave that's coming through the country. This is a truth wave. People yeah. don't want you to have all the answers. They want you to ask them and magnify their voice. The, the solution for all of these problems are going to come within the individual communities. All of our communities are extremely unique. Every city in Dallas County is extremely unique. And we have to reject the everyday politician, the typical politician that's coming in, makes their assessment and thinks they know best. 
that elitist mentality that says, I know best what to do in your community has to be rejected at all levels. And we need to have people who come in and say, I don't know what's best for you, but I want to, what I do know is that we have a platform. I want to hear what you need and I want to help it. I want to help you on a partner with you community to get this done. And that's what we went around talking about. And it just, it resonated. People want to hear the truth. They want their voices heard. And um, when you do that and you're on the right side of freedom and you check all of your decisions on the constitution, you will always be on the right side of the people. And um, we need a restoration of that. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you get, I just said, it's just, it is amazing that there aren't more people. I know there are some out there, but just that's why your story needs to be out there because people need to know that this can be done. Yes. And who knew just getting out there and being passionate about your country and your community and telling the truth is so exceptional. I'm like, thanks, you know, politicians for setting the bar so low. Oh yeah. Um, because I, I mean, good grief. People are like, what a breath of fresh air. And I'm going, mm-hmm. I'm just telling the truth. I'm just being honest about what I see as a mother and a business owner, what I want to see in my community. Um, and I'm not afraid to say it. I, I'm not a- afraid to have someone challenge me. I'll stand up there and ask, answer mm-hmm. as many questions as I'm asked. You know why? Because I, you're telling the truth. You can, you can stand up and answer. When someone's telling a lie, they can't answer. And I don't want to get off on a different subject real quick. But if I sat you and said, hey, um, Lauren, you know what a woman is? You know, that's, <laughs> I mean, how can we sit there and see a person who obviously has a lot of experience, very smart person, but yet is so tied up in this narrative. It's a political narrative. Our Supreme Court person who could potentially be on the Supreme Court is so tied up in a narrative of language and how they can change the language. This person could potentially be on the Supreme Court making decisions that we know what happened a few months ago. I worked for a large company. There was a, it was six to three a vote against mandates that we knew were silly and ridiculous about people with jobs that, you know, employees over a hundred people, this person can be one of those new people on there. And you know where that person's going to vote because it's a political narrative and they will do. And it's just, I mean, obviously we see this person stand there and say, I can't tell you what a woman is. I'm a biologist. That's what people are tired of. It's the the buffoonery, the idiocy, the what other upside down world are we in? And then here, here's a mom who's like, you know what? We're not going to stand for this anymore. No, because being a woman means something. It is something. Yeah. It's not up for debate. It's not up for discussion. Yes. And as a woman, um, the last there's only been one other county judge that was a woman, and she happened to be a Republican, and it was 20 years ago. Wow. And being a woman still means something, and people still identify as a woman. I've had people from all, all races, and the first thing they see in me, right, when they're looking and saying, I want to vote for you because you're a woman and we need more women in -hmm. leadership and in government. And, you know, I think we're getting a real short end of the stick right now. And I I don't identify as a feminist because I believe that we absolutely need strong men in this country. And I have an incredibly strong husband who has been willing to get me coffee in the morning because we're running a schedule (laughs) and he knows I'm tired to take notes for me in meeting and, and step in and, and help me run this campaign. Right. And it isn't women doing this alone. It's women doing this with strong men behind them, just as we were strong women behind them back in, in World War II days. 
right? right? It takes the family unit. It's the core and the base of community. And they're eroding that. No one does anything alone. And so I, you know, when I've been going around and speaking, I want parents, moms, dads, everyone in this fight to look at their talents and say, how can I serve my government? This is a different kind of war. Absolutely. It is a, it's a culture war and it has come to our homes and it's come in our four walls. And that's why we see mothers rising up because mm-hmm. it is our time to lead in this battle because of where the, the war is and it's in the home, it's in the family mm-hmm. unit, but we cannot do it without strong men. Yeah. And that's what's so important about, about your podcast because you're demonstrating you're a strong man giving a voice to all people who are making a difference. But right. it, it is if we have to restore the family unit. Right. Otherwise, we are in, in trouble. And these schools and these school boards that are just completely out of hand are um, the government and the schools are coming in to replace the right. parents. And that's because the families are fractured and we have to reject it. Yeah, it is. It is. My, my wife is kind of the first one that, you know, I've, I've always been, uh, I grew up in a, a Christian home. My wife did too. And, uh, but she is, she's the reason I do this. She didn't say, Hey, go do a podcast. Cause I mean, there's a billion podcasts out there. I didn't do it for like, Oh, wow. I want to be a, I'm a, uh, you know, I yeah. do comedy for churches and corporate stuff. And yeah, kind of just mediocre. It was more of a side thing. It was a, it was a fun hobby more than anything. And uh, the pandemic kind of crushed all that. And I thought about, well, I'll do a funny podcast with the other five billion people that try to do a funny podcast. And, uh, <laughs> but when uh, this stuff happened and I started reading and learning what was going on, my wife was already like months ahead of me. Like, I've been listening to this and this and this. I was like, really? You think, you know? And and then when I, I, I'd miss you off air for a second. And then when I was at work, when the lady came in to sell her car and her dad had passed away and, and he was in isolation in a Wellstar hospital, which is, I'm not sure if they have Wellstars out in Texas, but Wellstar is a pretty big hospital system and uh, certainly in Georgia. And he died in isolation. He was there for three weeks. She never saw him. Uh, has no idea how he was treated, how he was taken care of, what they gave him. And then I found out this has been going on all over the country. Yes. And I was like, that's it. I'd read an article from, I think it was the Association of, um, uh, it was a something PS of uh, American Association of Surgeons and Physicians or something like that. But it had an article. I just had read it about, um, it was like uh, payment plans for hospitals for, uh, it was like incentive payments uh, in hospitals. And part of that was from the CARES Act and it kept people, it was a way to keep people out of the hospitals and incite fear, especially early in the pandemic with so many people dying and not getting early treatment. And I just read that. Mm-hmm. And I met a person face to face that just went through it. I was like, okay. this is real. And my wife had been beating me up about this stuff for a while. So speaking of strong women waking up the dads and the husbands, that's yes. what she did. Just like, you know, you guys are working together to do this. And we have four daughters. And so believe me, when we yeah. wanted to find women, I want them to know what a woman, a woman and a man, they need to see a mom and a dad to understand what they both mean and what they stand for. And so what you're saying resonates just so amazingly with so many people, but they're so scared to talk about it or they're too busy to do it. That's what it seems like. Yeah. I I think, you know, we are there, but you know, we're in a time where we're all being brought to our line in the sand and it looks different for everyone. And your response to it is going to look different to everyone, but what's not 
different is that we're all going to get there, whether we like it or not. And so I think my run for county judge here in Dallas um, brought a lot of people to their line. It, 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 right. it screamed in their face where, where we're at in that country. And, you know, and I had a lot of people against me and I had a lot of people for me. And it's what happened is it just brought everyone who might've been within our community insulated from the reality of where we're at as a community. It just brought them to their line. And right. it's a little, another person, Hey, Lauren, I'm sorry. Hey, that's okay. Hey, um, we'll, um, we'll wrap it up here in just a second, in, in just a couple minutes anyway. So uh, I know here we're kind of getting toward the end. You talk about people being brought to their line where they have to do something. So we kind of uh, just kind of wrap it up, kind of let me know. First, you know, tell us kind of, you know, final take on some of that, uh, kind of what, you know, where we are now. And also, before you go, certainly tell us about when the general election is as well. Yes. Yeah. We're all being brought to our line and it's going to look different. And I just want to encourage everyone listening to, um, to not be fearful, but to be hopeful and cautious and vigilant in this, um, in this fight to, to save our country and to really save your community. Don't be overwhelmed by the enormity of the problem. If we all respond, um, to this in, in the way that's most meaningful to us in your community, we will work our way out of it. And I think my race and run for Dallas County judge um, and the decisive win in the primary should give everyone hope and encouragement that it is possible. And to not listen to anyone who says you're unqualified, you're an American, our founding fathers were farmers. It was, this government was meant for you. Um, So go and serve, whether it's the school board or any county government position, that's how we will take this back. Um, right. And so you can follow my race. My website is Davis, the number four Dallas.com. So Davis for Dallas.com. My election is with all the midterms. It'll be November 8th um, and here in 2022. And this is a truth wave. Um, I would say not necessarily a red wave. So we need um, everyone out supporting your local candidates that are speaking truth. Um, we can, t- we, it is a tipping point. Texas certainly is a tipping point for the whole country, for the entire country. But, um, right. but find your races in your community. Mine, mine will be November 8th here in Dallas. And I'd love your support. Um, this is expensive. There's money from all coming in on my, you know, on the opposition side. And so we, as conservative, you know, um, constitutional Republicans, we've got to start looking at races all over the country and helping support. Um, we need to put our time, talent, resources here. It will save this country. Absolutely. So, and I think it's not just Democrats like Clay uh, Jenkins. It's there are Republicans, like you said, the gentleman you defeated in the um, uh, earlier uh, was other Republican candidate. Candidate. Um, he still stood along. He went along with the whole thing too, with the mass mandates and everything too. He didn't deviate. He went right along with it. So it's just uh, it's just amazing to me that so many Republicans just don't even talk about it. And I think I think they would be they're doing themselves a disservice by not talking about medical freedom. Uh, yes, medical freedom all the way. We have to fight for it. If we don't have that, I don't I don't know what we have. And right. we need strong, strong spined politicians in office. If your politicians showed they were soft spined in any way, we need them out regardless of their party. We need them out. Hundred mm-hmm. percent, and uh, and that's why we, you know, when I when I when I heard you the other day, I had not heard because you know being in in Atlanta I hadn't heard, but I when I heard, I listened to uh, some of the Blaze stuff certainly with Daniel Horowitz, yes. and I, then I saw you were on uh, 
Dan Bongino and stuff. I didn't know that until yesterday, but my wife's a huge fan of his stuff. And we're like, wow, she's, you're resonating because of what it means. You are an example to the rest of the country. And that's just a little bit that quick turnaround for you in what, three months, if that, yeah. get yeah. out there, win the primary and just, uh, and knock the doors off it and just wake people up in that area. And Hey, Clay Jenkins has got Nancy Pelosi coming down there. Cause you know what? Maybe he thinks he's up against a fight. That might yeah. be one. They got a fight <laughs> going sure, on. He certainly is. He's already calling me a bully. They're just after the moms. And I'm like, mm, moms aren't bullies. We are just convicted. You messed with our kids and it, yes. it lit something instinctual in us. And you cannot turn that off. It is not angry. It is conviction. And, um, you know, and we won't rest until our children are protected. And so, you, you know, I welcome, you know, I welcome the criticism as a mom because it just keeps, keeps all of us going. I agree. And, uh, you know, and just real quick to end here, I just still the picture of my, I saw the picture on one of your, on your website, the picture of that uh, plexiglass prison looking <laughs> thing inside the library where the kids were kept and you're the only two. I am just, I am still absolutely blown away that the, the teachers and everyone in the school board and I knew you didn't have time to go over a couple of things but I mean the school board and people on the school board itself did everything they could to block you keep your voice yeah. from being heard I mean what in the world is going on that just tells you there's an infiltration from the top down from this crazy government all the way down to this um, yeah. to stop moms who really just want to fight for their families and freedom and you know, it just tells you what you're up against. But boy, you have hit a you've hit a nerve. And I think America wants to support people like you. And like you said, we need to get out in our communities and our states and find the candidates want, that want to fight for medical freedom and certainly protect our children. My goodness. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what we're here making this noise for. And uh, I'll certainly make sure I share this and um, and uh, make, I'm going to pass along as many people as I can to hopefully encourage others to do the same thing that you that you're doing, Lauren, doing, Lauren. But uh, thank you for your time again. I know you're very busy and uh, I do think about think thank you and your family as are, are doing. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to, to have this story heard and yes, I just can't wait for it to resonate even more. And we're just going to see some massive change come. Let's be hopeful. Absolutely. We certainly do appreciate it. Hey, and you got a big fan, not just for me, but certainly my wife and my kids. We're big fans. Now, I love so. it. All right. You take it. care. God, God bless you. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.